chapter 10 and verse 51. This is a scripture that we have looked at for some time. Mark 10, 51. Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. So right now, Jesus is asking you a question. I call it the Jesus question. What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? You know, sometimes we come to pray, and when Jesus asks us this question, we become very religious. We, we say, Lord, anything you want for me, that is not what we are talking about. He wants you to be very simple and real with him. He said, what do you want me to do for you? Blind Bartimaeus answered, he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. Hallelujah. So that thing that is your need is what you tell him. You go direct to the point, straight to the point. Don't say, Lord, you know my heart. He knows your heart. But he wants you to say it yourself. So this morning, by the grace of God, we'll be discussing the seeds of destiny. Somebody say the seeds of destiny. You know, when God created the heaven, the earth, the heaven, he made all the plants, all the trees, the vegetation, and he made them in his wisdom to be seed-bearing so that they could keep reproducing, growing and producing seed after their own kind. Amen. The interesting thing is that it is always the fruit that holds the seed. So fruit needs to be born in order for more seed to go out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it says that God saw that it was good. We'll come back to the word good. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 28. Genesis, we'll start from there. He said, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. 28. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So, Father, anoint your word. Speak to our hearts. Let your word come to each and every one of us. For it is a letter that kills, but the spirit gives lives. 
Holy Spirit divine, give us the spirit of wisdom, understanding. Let the eyes of our understanding be enlightened that we may come to know who you are and the hope of your calling. Thank you for doing that. Much more than we can ask or think or imagine. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. So God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the air, subdue it. So man is also seed-bearing. Amen? Amen? And verse 31, verse 31 says, Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Hallelujah. God saw everything that he had made, and indeed, it was very good. So it seems that God's way of producing fruit is through seeds inside the, of the original. Amen? Trees and plants don't wonder if they should grow and bear fruit in season. It is very good within them, and they just function as they were created to function. Seed-bearing fruit, from season to season, they grow, they bear fruit, the fruit carries seeds which mature, they drop on the ground, and the seeds germinate and sprout and grow again into the image and the likeness of what they came from. Hallelujah. In the Hebrew language, the word seed, zira, pronounced zera doesn't just describe a part of a plant. A seed is anything that produces new life. Amen? So, zira or seeds also refers to human offspring or descendants. Men and women ha also have seeds to perpetuate the lineage of their family line. Are we together? Are we together? But they also have Seeds of destiny. This morning we are talking about seeds of destiny. In their inner man. In your inner man. You have the seeds of destiny. That God sent with you to the earth. When he sent you into your mother's womb. The seeds of who you will become. The intention of God the Father. The the seeds of who you could become. You could become. Notice that I said could become. Because some people live and die in this world without ever becoming who they are supposed to become. So I want you to know that God has a plan for you. Say God has a plan for me. I want you to be personalizing it. God has a plan for me, Psalm 139, verse 16. We have read this, some of these scriptures before, but I need you to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you afresh. Psalm 139, verse 16 says, Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet... There were none of them. Hallelujah. Another translation says, 
you, you, you saw when you created me, you create, who you created me to be before I became me. Before I became me, you saw it. Before I had ever seen the light of the day, the number of days you planned for me were already recorded in your book. Amen. So, the Hebrew word, the word seed could be translated as embryo. Those of us in the natural sciences, you know embryo, either the plant or the human. Amen. The embryo is the seed. The key in this verse is who you created me to be. I want you to know that it doesn't happen automatically or sovereignly. You know, some people think that they can just be passing through life, lying down, eating and sleeping, and they will become that person. It doesn't happen like that. Amen? It happens by us tending the seeds in the garden of our hearts. In the garden of our hearts. You water them, you bear, they bear fruit, the fruit of who God created us to be. God has an intention. Amen? Amen? Psalm 40. Psalm chapter 40, verses 7 and 8. If you can get this secret today, your life will never remain the same. Psalm chapter 40, Verse 7 says, Then I said, Behold, I come in the scroll of the book. It is written of me. Yes, verse 8. I delight to do your will, O my God, and your law is written within my heart. Amen. Amen. In the scrolls of your book. That means there is a scroll concerning every human being there is something that God wrote about each and every one of us there is no human being that is an accident you know sometimes some parents say a child was an accident because probably the parents did not plan for that child they say it's an accident I want you to know that no child is an accident amen whether you as a human being plan for that child or you didn't plan, God has a plan for every soul. Amen? In this passage that we, we read, he said that his words are written upon the pages of your heart. These are his intentions about us and for us. So it is up to us to search out what is written on those pages. Amen? If you don't search your own out, nobody is going to search it for you. So as you hear this word, you need to go back and search out your purposes. Amen? We were talking about it throughout the period, the period before the retreat. Even during the fast, most of the scriptures were talking about our purpose. And even during the retreat, 
God spoke into our lives. We give God all the glory and adoration in Jesus' name. Praise the name of the Lord. We have a choice to make. Many a times, we think that the plan of God is going to automatically just unfold and just happen. But unlike plants and trees, we actually have the ability to make choices. Are we together? We have the ability to make choices. Like that little playlet that was just acted spoke volumes. It looked like a play, but it was a message. I don't know if we got the message. That man had the opportunity. God brought the opportunity for that man to repent, to go to church and hear the word of God and repent. And he missed it. And that's how many people miss the opportunity of their lives. They don't know when God is knocking at the door of their heart. But because you know man is a free moral agent. God created a human being with a will. Part of our soul is our will. I've been talking about it. Say, this man, you are real man, is a spirit being. You live in a body. You possess a soul. Your soul is made up of your mind, your emotions, and your will. So this will is the power of choice. We have a choice. Amen? Deuteronomy chapter 13 and verse 15. Deuteronomy 30, 15. Let's read it together. Deuteronomy 30, verse 15. One to go. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. Then go to verse 19. Verse 19. Let's read it. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Hallelujah. God is giving us an advice, a counseling. He said, choose life. I have put life and death before you. So we are making choices every moment of our life. When God invites you to a program, you know, sometimes I hear some people saying, I will not repent except God appears to me. You say, if God appears to me like Apostle Paul on the way to Damascus. I say, and if he doesn't do that, what happens? You perish. Is it God that is going to perish? If you don't repent and you don't serve him, who is going to lose? Is it God that will lose? Church, I'm asking us a question. How does that affect God? God is already God. He is where he is. Whether you repent or you don't repent, it's not going to affect him in any way. Amen? You don't serve him, he will still remain who he is. He told Moses, I am that I am. Meaning what? He is who he is. He cannot change. 
The Bible says heaven and earth shall pass away, but the word of God will never pass away. So he has given us choice to make and he has given us the counseling, the advice to choose life so that you live. That means that if somebody will not choose life, then it's unfortunate. Amen. <laughs> Amen. You know, some years back, I went to France and I did some evangelism and God gave me some souls and I started a fellowship. I was discipling them. So after the people were doing well, they were all strong in the Lord, but they were asking me, if we can come and start a fellowship for them at that time. And the place where we were, when I came back and reported to the ministry, they were not interested in starting a fellowship. We should have had a fellowship there because people were so eager and ready to have the fellowship. They were just excited. Now, some few years later, God sent me back to that same place. And I started looking for those people. I started looking for them, calling them. And some of them had gone back. They had backslidden. And I remember one of the women, when I called her, I said, come now, what happened? What have you been doing over these years? Do you know what she told me? She said that, no, that she's like this. That God is pulling her with one hand and that Satan is pulling her with the other hand. That anybody that wins is going to have her. I said, what? I was shocked. Because I have never heard that kind of talk before. That was my first experience of hearing that a human being can say that type of thing. So what had happened was that she had backslided. And she was living with a man who was not her husband. And that made her... She didn't even want to see me. Most of those people, I couldn't get them. That's why when you go and you witness to people, you need to pray for them. You need to follow them up. Because you cannot go and provoke warfare in the life of a human being and just abandon them. You lead somebody to Christ. The child is born again. You leave the child in the hospital. Is that how we behave? You give birth to a newborn child in the hospital and you just tell the baby, okay, later you can come back home. And you walk away. It's only dogs that I know that try to do such things. <laughs> you give birth to a child, you cannot bring up the child, you cannot take care of the child. It's really an aberration and it's not supposed to be like that. So this is a very huge subject. What I want to do today is to lay the foundation about seeds. Amen? Amen? And I was talking about judgment last Wednesday. And also those, all those who were at the all-night vigil, we testify of what the Lord did. Because I shared in detail, a little more detail about judgment so I want us to see the right way to judge someone. What is the right way to judge someone? Amen. By seeing others the way God sees them. 
Hello? You know, I was telling us that the reason why God said we should not judge is because we don't have all the information. You can judge wrongly. You may look at somebody's face and you feel this person is not serious. But you don't know it all. You have limited information. The person may be passing through some things. There may be something going on in the life of that person which you don't know. So the right way to judge someone is to see them the way God sees them. Hallelujah. You pray for people in a way that will bring them to a consciousness of their righteousness in Christ. Hallelujah. Righteousness. God called us to turn men to righteousness. And they, I told you that I'm in a school. And the Holy Spirit has teaching, been teaching me so many new things. And you can learn at any age and at, at any stage in life. If you have a humble heart, a broken and a contrite heart, God will never overlook. Life is a learning process. And you keep learning until your last second on this earth. Amen. So anytime you feel that you, you can no longer learn, that means you are ready to die. Are we together? You have finished. That means your own has finished. I remember a man like Derek Prince was giving his testimony. Derek Prince had done ministry, active ministry, full-time ministry for 50 years, preaching the gospel, preaching on every topic. When the Lord came to him and asked him, my son, are you ready? Are you tired? He told the Lord, he said that the way the Lord asked him the question, he knew there was something more that God wanted to tell him. He told the Lord, no, I am not tired. The Lord said, I will teach you something that you never knew. And he was wondering, what subject has he not preached on? In these 50 years of active ministry. And that was when the Lord revealed to him the subject of deliverance. And he started preaching on it. And he still wrote many more books in his lifetime on that subject. Hallelujah. That's why Jesus said that in order to follow him, we must repent and become converted and become like small children. When we think that we know it all, God cannot work with us because that's a lot of pride. And one thing that God hates is pride. He resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. Spiritual pride can block somebody from receiving what he's supposed to receive from the Lord. To be righteous means that you function the way you were created originally to function. What did I say it is? You are functioning the way you were created originally to function. That is righteousness. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. So, everything about your DNA, your DNA, everything inside you, they are recorded in books in heaven. And until you discover your books, and God told us that at this season, our books were open. Did we testify that? We saw how the men of God were speaking into our books. Because you cannot prophesy about a book that is not open. Until your book is open, the prophet cannot prophesy into it. Amen. So, righteousness means walking, doing exactly, thinking the way you were created originally to function. Amen. For example, that is a chair. What is the function of the chair? For us to sit down, amen, to support us, to give us rest. If you turn that chair upside down, turn that chair for me. Just show them. Aha. Uh -huh. You see the way she turned the chair? It's still a chair, isn't it? But is it functioning well? Is that the way it's supposed to be? When your life is turned upside down, like that chair, you are not righteous. You may justify yourself. You may have excuses. You may have reasons why you are like that. But that is not righteousness. There is a way God created you originally to be. And you have to be that person. I say you have to be that person. Hallelujah. We need to have an understanding of what is good and bad. 1 Kings chapter 3 verse 9. Before you can judge righteously. 1 Kings 3 9. This was a prayer of Solomon. Let's read it together. I want to read. Therefore, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge these great people of yours? Amen. Give your servant an understanding heart to be able to administer justice to your people so that I can discern between good and bad. Amen. And for who is equal to judging this great people of yours? What is good? You see, this was the prayer of Solomon. And that was why he had wisdom. God gave him such wisdom and understanding. And we saw the evidence in the first judgment he did. Understanding between good and bad. You can look at something physically and you feel that it is bad. But God is not seeing that thing like that. Why? Because God does not judge the outward 
He judges the heart. God looks at the heart. God looks at the intentions of the heart. And because you and I cannot read the heart of another man, that's why he said don't judge. Because you are going to judge wrongly, ultimately. And it becomes a problem to you. Amen. There's this song I used to often sing. Give me wisdom. Wisdom, oh Lord. Give me wisdom. Wisdom, oh Lord. Wisdom to lead your people, God. Give me wisdom. Wisdom, oh Lord. When I first gave my life to Christ, this was the song. The kind of songs we learned. When you are discovered that God has given you a leadership position, you ask God for wisdom so that you can lead aright. You can lead correctly. Because you cannot know it all by yourself. You need help. I say we need help. And the Holy Spirit is inside us to help us. So to be, something to be good means that thing is functional. It's good. It's beautiful. It's working the way it was created to function. It's functional. You need to live your life the way God intended. So good means when we recognize our seeds of destiny, we bear fruit in our lives. Amen. Have you recognized your seeds of destiny? What is it? Are you functioning in it? That's the question. If you are functioning in your seeds of destiny, then that is good. That is righteous. But if you discover that you are not functional in it, then it's bad for you. And you need to seek a way out. You need to seek for that situation to change. Hello? Hallelujah. Because God is a life-changing God. I say God is a life-changing God. The word bad in Hebrew is the word ra. R-A-H. It means dysfunctional. So all the people whose seeds of destiny are not bearing fruit, they are not being nurtured, they are not being, or their seeds of destiny are being covered and hidden. Sometimes it can be as a result of environmental circumstances. I say environmental circumstances. Your environment can make your seeds of destiny to be covered, to be hidden. Amen? And sometimes, even you yourself are not aware. You don't know it. Because the place you are going to, the church you are going to, the environment where you are, where you stay, where you live, where you fellowship, will not tell you those things. You are in the wrong environment. So your destiny cannot wake up 
and you can be a king and you live and dwell on this earth and pass away like a pauper, a very poor person. But you are supposed to be an apostle of wealth. And God has put inside you so many gifts, so many talents, and he puts ideas into you on how to get wealth. But you are not getting the wealth. You are not getting it. You are not seeing it. That is bad. That is bad. Amen? That is a dysfunctional kind of life. So I told us that in the beginning, in Genesis 1, God commanded us to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it. So we are seed bearing. And he said, everything he created was very good. Amen. So God's intention for the whole of creation is good. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11. Jeremiah 29 11. Let's read it together. Want to go? For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. I want you to personalize this. God said, the thoughts he's thinking about towards you, they are of good, not of evil. He wants to give you peace and a hope. He wants to give you a future and a hope. Amen? In the original program of God, God has very good plans for everyone. There is no one that God left behind. God is not partial. God does not do bad things. Amen? Even though in this world, because of limited understanding, some people attribute every bad thing that happens to God. They say it's God that did it. If somebody died, they say God has killed him. The calamities that happen, they say it's God that's killing, doing it. All these stories you are hearing, kidnapped, they say, but is it really God? God does not do bad things. There are circumstances, environmental circumstances that lead to so many things. It is the enemy that does bad things. God has no evil in heaven to dish out to anybody. Amen. Amen. If you cross this our border here at Badagre and you enter Republic of Benin, it's a very small country that is not even up to one state of Nigeria. You will not hear that they kidnap somebody. They don't have that kind of problem. I've been to Kotonou. I stayed in Kotonou for six weeks. There was no power failure for even one minute. No power failure. 
and yet they don't generate electricity. They depend on Nigeria to generate and they buy from us. Togo depends on Nigeria. Ghana, even Ghana. I don't know if they have started generating their own now. Amen. When we were in Kotunu, I discovered that you can buy fuel 24 hours from the filling station. You can go out in the night. Early hours of the morning. You can move on the road. You can travel. There is no fear. How did they get there? And we are blaming God. So when you are blaming God, you are even judging God wrongly. Because of your lack of knowledge of God. Lack of knowledge of the scriptures. Ignorance. Hosea chapter 4 verse 6. Hosea 4, 6. Let's read it together. One to go. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being priests for me. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. <laughs> Amen. During this retreat, I had a pastor friend that visited us. That pastor came from Kokin Church. He's a reverend. In fact, he's a deputy chairman of his LCC. He has been watching our program Moment of Peace on TV. And me and him have been chatting on WhatsApp. And I invited him. He came. Before he left, he couldn't stay on Saturday because they had a meeting. He told me that there is food here and he doesn't know. He didn't know it. That what I told him when I was inviting him and encouraging him to come is much, what I told him is far less than what he experienced. Then he asked me, he said, he said, mommy, can you employ me? I will resign and come and work with you. I said, see, we don't have that kind of money that cooking has. I said, because cooking is paying your salary and giving you accommodation and give you a car with a driver. I don't have it to give you. I am not looking for those kind of pastors. <laughs> because they cannot survive our situation. Here we pray and fast for God to provide. Amen. Not somebody that is already used to living in luxury. Come say employ me. Where will I get those facilities to give you? We will get there. Amen. We get there. We are still growing little by little. We get there. Hallelujah. But that man was very excited. And God blessed him. And he told me, he said, very soon, I will keep you very busy. I will be inviting you to come and preach in our churches. So I know Dickness Precious testimony. I understood it. I don't know whether we understood, but I understood because I know what is going on in the spirit. The truth is that God has given us the land. God told me that he, will, he has given us room enough and we shall thrive in this land. 
I remember when we first started the ministry, many of my pastor friends told me, ah, Panshin, want to do ministry in Panshin? This land is very hard. They say Panshin is a wilderness. Many of them relocated. They went to Abuja and they now have big churches. Some moved to Lagos. They are doing very well. I said, but God said it's here. I should do it. I tried everything to leave this place. Don't think. I tried to leave this land many times. God said, but this is where I called you. I called you as a missionary to this land. And I held on to that word. I have given you room enough. You will thrive. How many of you believe that we are already thriving? You know, after the retreat, the devil was so angry. They came, they were challenging me. They said, do you know we are the territorial spirits? We own this land. I said, no. The Bible said the earth is the Lord's and its fullness thereof. I want someone to repeat that three times. The earth is the Lord's and its fullness thereof. The earth is the Lord's and his fullness thereof. The earth is the Lord's and his fullness thereof. Amen. So we must become that person that he programmed originally for us. We must reproduce seed after our kind. And here I am not talking about giving birth to children. Because you know sometimes, once we mention reproduction, people are thinking about children, physical children. That's not what I'm talking about. You must reproduce in the kingdom. Jesus said you must bear fruit. And your fruit will remain. Amen. Amen. So what is the right way to judge somebody? To execute righteous ruling of God on their behalf. Execute justice. Judge them in a functional way, not a judgmental way. The function of a judge is to discern or understand the truth. Recognize the seeds of destiny in the life of somebody and execute justice. Proclaim that thing that God has written in the life of the person. That is what you proclaim. That is what you pray. That is what you prophesy. If you cannot prophesy what God has written about somebody, then close your mouth. Don't say anything about that person. 1 Kings chapter 6, verse 12. 1 Kings 6, 12. Yes. It said, and it came to pass in the 480th year after the children of Israel had come out of the land of Egypt in the fourth year of Solomon's reign over Israel in the month of Ziv, which is the second month that he began to build the house. Is it really 1 Kings 6, 12? First Kings. Is that 6 verse 12? 
6.12. Please, go to verse 12. Uh -huh. Let's read it together. Concerning this temple which you are building, if you walk in my statutes, execute my judgments, keep all my commandments, and walk in them, then I will perform my word with you, which I spoke to your father, David. God said, if we walk in his statutes, we will execute his judgments, his precepts, then he will fulfill his promise to us. We are to execute what? The judgments of God. Amen? Execute God's judgment. You are to partner with God. We become partners with him. Executing his judgments. That is how to judge righteously. Our role is therefore not to be a judgmental person towards someone while we are praying for them, but to discern the truth and execute justice on their behalf so that they can move in a functional state, bearing fruit from the seeds that have been planted in them. Amen. Amen. I said... I don't want to repeat the things I've said before. I know many of us were not there, but just find out. Beautiful gifts that God deposited in human beings. You need to prayerfully find it out and pray them into existence. Amen. Even when the person is still an unbeliever, there are some unbelievers that God has deposited great things in them. And until you begin to look at them from the eye of God, you will not see it. Amen. Sometimes we are so carnal, we are so judgmental. We are just so quick to throw people away, to give them up. And God doesn't want that. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Ephesians 4.29 Let's read it together. I want to go. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. Your words are the issue. He said, don't let any Hateful or ugly words come from your mouth. But instead, let your words become beautiful gifts that will encourage others. Do this by speaking words of grace to help them. Wow. Words of grace. Beautiful gifts. Amen. There's a commentary on this passage from Stephen Cole. He says that, the English dictionary defines unwholesome as that which is detrimental to physical health, mental health, or moral well-being. Some people's mouths are perverse 
They just speak words that bring you down. Bring another person down. There's no encouragement in it. For example, you go to where somebody has died. Like during the playlet, you hear that somebody has died. You say, I will not say rest in peace. I know he's not resting. God must be dealing with him. Now, how did you know that? You cannot know that. Amen? You know, it was a play, but we all heard it. So I need to use that as an example to illustrate what I'm saying. You should never say such utterances. You cannot know that. You and only God knows whether the person has gone to hell or heaven. Your knowledge stops when the person has entered eternity. Shut up your mouth. The Bible says that some people speak evil of dignitaries. You say, uh -huh, that man, I know that he will die. He is now in the hottest part of hell. How? How did you get there? Because of what you knew about the person. What you don't know is that you don't know whether God sent someone to him at the last dying moment and he repented. You know, he has a way of doing those things. So you, you knew him to be a very wicked man. But you don't really know it all. It's an unwholesome word. It's detrimental to physical health, mental health, and moral well-being. Can you see how potentially destructive our rotten speech can be on those who are at the receiving end? Because sometimes, because we are not the, at the receiving end, we don't know that it's bad. You look at somebody and say, why are you looking so ugly? You know, I heard a woman telling somebody that kind of a thing. He say, you, why are you looking so ugly? How did God create you? The day that they were creating you, what, something went wrong. You are so ugly. I wanted to cry. I mean, I was not the one. But I heard it. And I turned to the person. I said, Kai, what is the problem? Leave her alone. I had to stand in the gap and tell her, can you leave her alone? She's alive. That is enough. He said, you, you are looking like a monkey. Are you a human being? We need to repent of all these things. Amen. This kind of speech can cause harm or damage to the health of the recipients. It can cause damage to the moral well-being or physical well-being of another human being. Last all night, there was a word of knowledge that came and God said there was a lot of trauma in the lives of the people. Some of the trauma were from childhood. And when I went back that night, that morning, the Lord was telling me that I was one of the people that was healed of trauma. Because of words that people spoke to you in your childhood. Somebody told me, said, that teacher told her that she would never amount to anything. 
How can a teacher tell the student, you, you can never amount to anything. You are not God. You don't hold anybody's life in your hands. Amen. Just because you are a teacher. If that does not grab your attention, then it means you have not been paying attention to what I'm saying. Loose words flying out of our mouth can be like cannonballs wrecking havoc and causing destruction when they land on the intended target. So we have to judge like God. Amen. John chapter 7 verse 24. John 7 24. I'm talking about our seeds of destiny. Have you heard from God the destiny that he invested in that person? You can see the small children playing. You can even see them. Some of them look dirty. They look naked. You don't know. That may be the next president of your country. So when you look at people, look into the heart of God. Don't look by what you see. John 7, 24, yes? Let's read it together. Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Again, do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Amen. Bible says we should be honest in our judgment. Do not decide at a glance, superficially, by appearance, but judge fairly and righteously. Amen. Stop judging based on the superficial. First, you must embrace the standards of mercy and truth. So we prayed the other day to withdraw judgment from people to free them up so that they'll be able to make the choice to choose life. We want to see them fulfill the living words that are written on their hearts. We want to see their seeds of destiny germinate, grow, and bear fruit. We want to see the real them that God intends for them. We want to see them produce new life. Amen. We want to water the garden of their hearts and their seeds of destiny with words of grace that are beautiful gifts and be a part of their story. Are we ready to do that? Let's rise up and pray. You want to be part of their story. What did the Holy Spirit tell you about the people? Did you listen to them? Did you listen to God? You can see someone, the person is looking very weak, looking very poor, looking very worldly. But you don't know there is a deposit of greatness <laughs> in that person. 
and you can help them to water the garden of their hearts, their seeds of destiny, with words of grace. Because you become compassionate like Jesus. God raises the poor out of the dust and out of the dunghill and he set them on high with princes. I want you to begin to talk to God. We are going to step into the courts of heaven now. Just enter by the blood of Jesus in Hebrews 10, 19. Just put Hebrews 10, 19 on the board, please. Just step into the courts of the Lord. If there are bad words you have spoken. The Bible says on the last day we are going to give accounts of every idle word. To speak evil of no man. Whether in their presence or behind them. It doesn't matter. You're going to repent and withdraw them. All the negative judgments you have judged somebody. You've judged them, say, this one is not serious. This one is not a human being. That's the worst thing you can say about somebody. Unless the Holy Spirit said it, you don't have any right to say that. They are no human beings. This one is incarnate. This one is a witch. This one is... You have already cast that person into hell. You have already determined the eternal destiny of that person. You have condemned and sent the person to hell. And you don't have the right. God is the only judge. And when you are going to judge, you must judge from his perspective. You must see the person the way God sees them. Do not judge based on outward appearance. Some people judge you from the way you are dressed. They say, look at the way this one is dressing. This one is Jezebel. You brand people, give them names. Say, this one is Lucifer. There is no Lucifer in this church. And even if a Lucifer comes here, the angel of the Lord will arrest him. Angel Michael will bind him and put him inside hell. He will not be able to function. He will either change and become angel Gabriel or he will run away. So I want you to withdraw all the judgments right now and tell the Lord that you choose to withdraw them. Father, thank you. Ancient of days we come to the courts of heaven. We come in by the blood of Jesus because it is only the blood of Jesus that gives us access. That gives us access. It's only by your blood, Lord, that we can enter. And we have come right now to repent of every condemnation, every judgment, every slander, every evil word we have spoken in time past. As the Holy Spirit is bringing them to your mind, 
call them those ones particularly by name, withdraw them. Withdraw them, Lord. We come to the angel that is the clerk of the court of heaven that keeps all the records. We withdraw them. Some of us even say those things about ourselves. Not only we say it about other people, you say it about yourself. You judge yourself. You say, look at me. I am nobody. I cannot do anything. I cannot amount to anything. How did you know that? You have already condemned yourself. So you need to withdraw them. Because God says there are seeds of destiny that he has deposited inside you. You are contradicting the word of God. Begin to speak what God is saying about you. What has God revealed to you about yourself? Who are you? He said he has a good plan for you. The thoughts of God are not of evil. They are of good. He wants to give you a hope and a future. He wants to make something good out of you. Say, Father, I am sorry. I repent of all the wrong things I have spoken. Whether I say them in my mind or with my words, my mouth, that I cannot be a Christian. Somebody once said to me, I, I cannot be a Christian. I think this Christianity is meant for some people, not for me. I am not a candidate of heaven. You need to withdraw that. It's a lie. You are a candidate of heaven. God loves you. God loved the whole world that he gave his only begotten son. There is no person he put a mark on their face and said that they cannot go to heaven. That they cannot serve God. That they must perish. He did not do such a thing to anybody. So don't do that to yourself. Withdraw the judgments. God wants you to withdraw it at this time. And then begin to speak into your seats of destiny. The revelation, who are you? Who did God reveal to you that you are? Begin to proclaim it. Begin to say, Lord, today I agree with you that I am a great man. I am a great woman. I will do well. I will serve the living God. I will not perish. I will be a child of God. I will finish well. I will do the will of my Father in heaven. It shall be well with me. Begin to say, I will live. I will not die. I will not die before my time. I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. Don't say, I am blind. I cannot see. That is not humility. You're condemning yourself and the records are written for you and you now see yourself becoming the things that you say. Begin to speak about yourself. That you walk the path of greatness. You will do well. You will do great things for God. Because those that do know their God, they shall be strong. They shall do exploits. Say, Father, I am ready to follow you. Help me. You may have weaknesses right now, but God is not seeing the weaknesses in you. He is seeing the 
seeds of your destiny, where he has already ordained you to be. Say, I am a child of God. I will do well. I will serve the living God in holiness, in righteousness, without fear. I will not be a castaway in this world. I will not be a dropout. Devil, you are a liar. I will not be that person. I will not be a criminal. I will be a son of the living God. I will be a seed of God. I will be a man of God. I will be a woman of God. Don't say, ah, I will not marry. I will marry. Say, I will marry. I will have children. Whatever made you to be saying those things about yourself, withdraw them. The enemy uses those things as litigation. He is the adversary bringing a lawsuit against you. You can withdraw them now. And it shall be well with you. Say, it shall be well with me. I shall be strong. I shall do exploits. I shall not backslide. I will not go to hell. I will fulfill my destiny. Because my destiny is very great. I will walk the path of greatness. I will fulfill my seeds of destiny. That which my father in heaven has planted in my heart originally, I will do it. Father, thank you. Now begin to receive it. Receive it. Don't say I am nothing. You think it's humility to say like that. It's not humility. You are cursing yourself. Don't curse yourself. Say, I am a good man. I am a good woman. I am a good girl. I'm a good boy. I will do well. I will be strong. I will serve the living God. I will not serve idol. I will not serve man-made God. I shall not be crippled. I will walk on my two feet. I am already healed by the stripes of the Lord Jesus. My feet shall be strong. My bones shall flourish. My bones shall not be broken. Speak the word of God concerning your life. And then speak it to all the other people. Some of us curse our children. Use your mouth to say negative things to your children. You say this one will not become anything. This one is already a prostitute. How did you hear that? How did you, who told you that? What is your source of information? It's only the enemy that is giving you those ideas. Speak it. Say, I shall do well. My family shall be blessed. Nobody will die in my family. Nobody shall be kidnapped. The ones kidnapped shall be released. In the name of Jesus. Begin to speak them. As you speak them, they are being recorded. I am not blind. I will not go blind. The Bible said the strength of Moses was not abated. Your strength shall not be abated. Say, strength shall not be abated. Even when I am old, 
I shall be strong like Joshua, like Caleb, like Moses. I shall serve the living God. Father, thank you. Now you are a spirit man. You live in a body. The real you is a spirit. And as we go into the court of heaven, you have spoken these things. So we are receiving the judgments. God is ruling on your behalf. And is depositing all those things inside your spirit. Now step back into your body and deposit all the blessings in your body. So that they manifest in the physical. Speak them. Begin to thank God and deposit all that you have received. He said he has already given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. He said you shall be strong. Healing is the children's bread. He wish above all things that you be in good health and that you prosper. Even as your soul prospereth. Say your body shall prosper. Your soul will prosper. Your mind will prosper. You shall be healthy. He, will, he has healed you mentally. He has healed you emotionally. He's heal, he has healed you physically. I shall be strong. I shall do exploits. My bones shall not be broken. My bones shall flourish. Now begin to release them into your body. Physically now. Lord, we release all the deposits in our spirit, man, in our body, in our family, in our environment, in our vicinity. My life shall attract favor. I have favor with you and with all men with whom I have to do. I have favor with God. Thank you, Lord. I release it. I release it into my circumstances, my environment, my situation. I release it into my marriage. I release it into my children. I release it into my family. Release it. All those deposits you have received in your spirit, now release them physically. Thank you, my Father. Receive the hand of God on your life. Your life will never remain the same. You will be strong. You will do exploits. You will conquer. You will do well. You will overcome. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Blessed be your name. Lord, today we have made up our minds to follow you. We make up our minds to deny ourselves, take up our cross and to follow you daily. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we rely completely on you as you help us, as we work it out for us. Thank you, Adonai. As we wait for the angelic host to execute your word right now, we hallow you. We put our trust in you. We know that you are good. Lord, this is a new season in our life. We follow you one step at a time. Thank you for helping us and for seeing us through. Thank you for the execution of the word by the multitude of angels, the tens of thousands and thousands of the angels of God. Right now, we begin to receive angelic visitations in our lives. We receive miracles. We expect and receive them in the name of Jesus. 
Thank you, Lord, for breaking every trauma in our lives. I hear the Holy Spirit said, is breaking trauma again today. He's breaking trauma. Some people were traumatized right from their childhood. They never had it easy. The Lord is taking it away from you. He's breaking the trauma and taking it away from you. In the name of Jesus. Receive the love of the Father, the love of the Son, the love of the Holy Spirit. Some people have never really known what is true love. God is revealing himself to you in a new dimension. From now, you will know him. He will visit you. It's become real to you. You will know, yes, that of a truth, the Lord really loves you. Blessed be your name, Father. Thank you, Lord. There is a, a, an open door, open in the realm of the Spirit. I hear the Lord say, I'm opening new doors. Doors of blessings, doors of ministry, doors of miracles, even financial provisions. There are financial provisions that the doors have just opened. Just because you are ready to align with him and to obey him. Some of us who have never received Gifts of finances are going to be receiving them at this season. As you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, every other thing is being added to you. The Lord is about to excite you. He's about to honor you. He's about to show you that he is real. He wants to manifest himself to people and to tell them that he is real you will see the reality. You will see the manifestation. Thank you, Holy Spirit divine. Lord, I give you all the glory, all the adoration, all the praises. Many of us are going to begin to have encounters in our dreams with angels. You are going to have angelic visitation. That's what I'm hearing him saying. There will be angelic visitation. And when that happens, don't keep quiet. Share the testimony to encourage others. Thank you, Holy God. Return all the glory, all the adoration back to you. You are the ancient of days. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Many of us are being launched out into our ministries and we are going to begin to experience the presence of God and the power of God as we minister. Thank you, my Father. Return all the glory back to you. Take all the glory, my Father. In Jesus' holy name we have prayed. Thank you, Father, for what you have done. We give you back all the glory. Retain our blessings. And let it be permanent in our lives. In Jesus' precious name we have prayed. Amen. Let's share the grace in fellowship. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, 
God's goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Ministers and workers, please don't forget our meeting. Praise God.